Welcome to The Thrive Show, where we offer you practical advice that can be implemented into your daily spiritual lives to help you build a thriving home in a thriving sphere. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Thrive Show. I'm really excited for this episode for multiple reasons. Um, This is going to be an episode about um, our home life and our relationship with God, and specifically talking about um, finances. And uh, I'm also really excited because of the guests I've got here today. This is a, a longtime friend of mine. His name's Josh Cedar, um, and I'll just let him introduce himself a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. I've known Taylor for probably going on eight years now, so I've been working <laughs> work with Youth for Christ. Um, I'm the Chief Financial Officer at Youth for Christ. Met Taylor the day I started, and I was his smile won me over right away. Great guy. Um, been living here in Bluffton since 2014. And let's see, got, uh, let's see, a wife and three kids, um, 15, I got to think this through, 12, and then four. And my youngest is, uh, we adopted her from India, and we're actually in the process of another adoption too. And so that's been going to be part of the story you guys will hear about today. Amen. Amen. And we, uh, we started about two weeks apart from each other. That's right. So yeah. uh, um, we, everything we did, we did together, and, and it's been a lot of fun um, with our friendship. But um, I asked Josh, I asked you to be on the show today just because, um, you know, there was a time in my life where my finance, my financial, uh, situation was just, it was in a really, it was in really bad shape. Um, and I, I believe that that's something a lot of people, um, either are experiencing or will experience in your life. And, um, Josh, he was, he came up to me one time and, and he had just heard about it and he said, Hey, what if we met up? weekly? What if we met up once a week and we just talked about um, budgeting and, and all mm-hmm. these different things and we try to get you into a healthy spot? And um, so Josh, he showed up and, and just showed his his uh, love for me and, and love for Christ and that. And um, I'm really excited to have him on the show because he's got a lot of, a lot of great principles with finances. And um, like he said, he works at, at Youth for Christ um, in the financial world. Um, and I mean, he does such a good job that, you know, the, his role isn't going out into the school and having conversations with students. His role is making it uh, to where the, the people that are doing that don't have to come back and worry about, hey, what does my budget look like? What does this look like? Um, and so he's got so many good principles and, and, and methods and systems set up in place. And I believe we have a lot to learn from him. And so real quick, um, Josh, you just mentioned your um, adoption process. And I believe one of the most valuable things that we can do is, is trust God with our finances. And we just share that story a little bit. Yeah, I can definitely talk through that. So it's interesting. We, we let finances be a limitation with what we do for God. And we often use it as an excuse to say to him, no, we can't. But I have learned that when we step out in faith is when he meets us. He, he calls us to make the first step, the first step into the Jordan, and then it parts. And that was the experience we had with our adoption. So we're in the middle of our second one now, but with our first one, we would... You know, there was always these, you know, financial points we had to make, these financial goals we had to meet in order yeah. to go the next step. Right. And I remember one time specifically is that we were $500 short of one of the goals. And was, our adoption could not move forward until we had that $500. And I didn't know how to do it. I mean, that's a lot of plasma to go give to try to get 500 bucks. <laughs> so I remember having a conversation with God, which was very, I would say, disrespectful, but also very honest. I've learned that God can handle can handle us being honest. Um, look at Job. He, you know, same kind of thing. And I felt it was very much a Job moment where a couple hours after I had that conversation with God, somebody walks into my office and handed me a $500 check and said, God, put this on my heart. 
And it just, it crushed me. And I felt like it was, again, it was pretty much God showed up and said, I am God and you are not. So sit down and let me work. And um, yeah, and so it was, you know, it, it, yeah, that, that adoption was met all the way through. We're doing our second one now. Yeah. And um, God has already provided all the money we need for it. He has provided over 30,000 in grants alone. <laughs> we had a garage sale where 20 people, uh, no, excuse me, 20 different families came together in the community to help work it and to donate goods and everything. That brought in close to 6,000. Mm -hmm. There's no way we had that. What we had wasn't you know, worth that much, but it gave people a chance to come and just partner with us and yeah. help us with this. So God is continuing to show that when we do what he calls us to do, um, he'll provide. In fact, one yeah. quote I have, I don't know, Seth Godin, he's not a Christian, but every now and then Christian people actually more often than yeah, a lot of times, non-Christian people will still, you know, show Christ's truth yeah. and the truth of the gospel. And he says that we don't believe because we do. No, that's what it is. We believe because we do. Some people say we do because we believe. His point is once we do it, then the belief comes. And I mm -hmm. think it's another example of that right there. That's awesome. The second adoption, when, when God put that on your heart, did you feel like confident like oh he already did it once he's gonna yeah. do it. or was it like an yeah. i'm nervous again or? no it was i i, I had seen god show up once before i knew it was going to happen again <laughs> so it was one of, so and that's the thing so we, you know and but again god calls us to make the first step first step into the jordan then it parts i wrote a lot of grants and put a lot of work into it but there's no way i did thirty thousand dollars worth of work but i took that first step <laughs> and then god's like okay you did this let's go ahead and you know and bless that so it's pretty you know amen. it's pretty amazing you're doing what god calls us to do he will meet us there amen I remember uh, the first meeting we had, uh, you and me, when we were talking about my financial stuff was, um, we, you know, he, we were talking about putting together a budget and things like that. But the first question you asked me uh, regarding a budget was, and you said, hey, there's no judgment here, there's no whatever, but the, fr the first and most important question is, do you tithe? Mm -hmm. And just talk about that a little bit. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, let's talk about tithing. It's, cause that's, <laughs> that that's a, can be a contentious principle for sure. And I mean, so in the Old Testament, it was you give 10% off the top before taxes, boom, do that. And then people talk about, well, we're now in the New Covenant, you know, the New Testament, do we do that? And I think when Jesus showed up, he took it from being 10% and raised it to everything. Mm. I think tithing is a principle that when you start following it, it brings other things into alignment in your, in your life. Yeah. I do think we're called to tithe 10%, but I think that's the bare minimum. And then from there, it's everything. Yeah. And, um, I'll give you an example of this. So... Prior to moving here to the Bluffton area, we lived in, well, we lived a lot of places. We were active duty military. Um, we had, and so every time we move, we got to find a new home church. And I believe, I think the Bible says it too, that um, we, uh, tithes should go to your local church. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad anybody who does it differently, but that's, yeah. that's the way I'm, right. I'm convicted to do it. <laughs> and so we, we hadn't found a church yet, so I started saving up our tithe. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I hadn't sent it, and I hadn't given it yet because I didn't know where, where to. And it started getting to be a pretty significant chunk. I started seeing that in there and thinking, oh, what else could I do with it? You know, Which, you know <laughs> right. again, it's a temptation. It shouldn't be there. Right. And, and also at the same time, our finances were getting pretty tight. We had moved. Uh, it was right after the house uh, housing crash of 2008. We had a house that we were stuck at, couldn't sell. So I got, you know, since I'm making a rent payment and a mortgage payment. So things were real tight. Finally found a home church, sent in that tithe check, gave that to them. And the next day, our finances just opened up. I don't know what happened. From what I can tell, nothing changed, but I think it, should, it feels like it's God's math where doing what he calls you to do, he's going to bless and he's right. going to take care of right. us. Right. Exact same experiences for me of, you know, what, there's, there's so much fear wrapped around it and there's so much, you know, like, I don't know what to do or, or what can yeah. I, what could I do with yeah. this money? 
And once you do it, there's just a peace, you yeah. know, and there's just a peace and, and God provides that for you. It's not that anything necessarily changes, but you just know God's there. Yeah. And sometimes things do change, you know, God, I mean, God's going to provide for you if you trust him. If you take that step in the Jordan, yeah. he's going to move forward. And sometimes not doing it the right way, it also brings an aspect of shame. So yeah. you don't want to talk about that. No one wants to talk about anything that's shameful. Right. But then by not talking about it, you know, just this whole thing, you know, it spirals and snowballs and it just gets bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so then the rest of that conversation, we kind of spent talking about budgeting. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, one of the next steps was first putting together an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about the importance of having cash set aside yeah. for just in case. Yeah, I mean, it really, life's gonna happen. I mean, it doesn't matter. Your, your tire, you're gonna get a flat tire. Your washing machine's gonna break. Something's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna get sick and you're gonna need to pay for medical supplies and medical bills. Life's gonna happen. So without that buffer, that emergency fund, you're gonna end up having to find other ways to pay for, to pay for that. And that's gonna, I mean, eventually you're gonna, well, if you don't have the cash saved up, you got to rely on credit. It's like pretty much your only option. Right, right. And um, I, you know, I think the other thing was things I didn't even know, like, you know, first off, the question, one question you asked me was, you know, what are the, what are the monthly expenses you're already paying for? And I had to even go and research that, like figure the, that stuff out. But then um, putting together, like, how do you put together a budget of, in the sense of like, you know, these are the things we want to save up for. These are the things that, you know, whatever. How do you decide what goes into a budget and what doesn't? Yeah, it comes down, you know, there's, there's the four walls, people like to call it, you know, essentially you got your, you know, you got your food, you got your home, you got your transportation, those kinds of things, those things, you, and, and then your utilities, you gotta pay for all that stuff. So figure out what are my must pay bills. Okay. And then once those are paid for, what, what else is there on top of that? And that's where I'm able to come up with what's the, um, what's the discretionary money that's available, what's you know, the stuff you can use on other things, the things that are more fun than paying for groceries or paying <laughs> for the electric bill. I mean, maybe you get excited about it, but I don't get excited about paying those <laughs> right, things. Right. right, and so then that's where things like um, a new washing machine might come yeah. in as the extra expenses yes. or um, talk about, you know, I think a lot of times when you think of putting a budget together, you think electric bill and this mm -hmm. and this. Talk a little bit more about the discretionary fund of, you know, what's maybe a, a standard of, you know, I've got money where I'm going to set aside for street fair. I know mm -hmm. that's one thing yep. you love. Yes, so yes, I do like street a fair. Little bit, talk a little bit about the discretionary piece of that. And yeah, that really comes down to what do I have? I mean, there's three things you can do with money. You can save it. You can invest it or, uh, let's see, no, you can save it, which was the investing. You can give it or you can, sp or you can spend, those are three things. Spend on yourself, give to someone else, you know, a worthy cause um, or invest it. And so to me, it's, you got to make sure you enjoy, you know, you got to have some fun with it too. It can't all just be, you know, uh, investing and uh, you can't all just be investing and also paying bills. You got to do something to enjoy it. So that's, you know, yeah. that's where I factor and those in. What is, you know, what is a, a healthy, maybe even your healthy balance of, um, you know, the extra money of, you know, I don't want to overspend my, over give myself too much mm -hmm. money or for fun, right. but I don't want to just have zero money for fun. Yeah. What's kind of a healthy balance principle for you maybe? Yeah, I, I think that one there's kind of got to come down to percentage of what you make because, you know, for, for some people, say, you know, throw in a number, oh, I'm trying to think. Some, you know, throw in, say, use 100 bucks, it's an easy number. If somebody's, you know, working a minimum wage job and has a mortgage payment on top of that and isn't able to, you know, even have that kind of, you know, they may have like extra 25 bucks at the end of the month right. to do it. So 100 bucks would be way too much. But then say somebody's making, you know, 
bringing in 200,000 or something, right. 100 bucks is way less than they need than they should right. be. So it just comes down to a percentage of what what is reasonable. I'd really look at, you know, get your bills paid, you know, right. knock that knock your bill get your bills paid paid, take care of your giving, take care of your investing, then what's left over and and um, when do you normally set what what is it a monthly thing is it a weekly thing? Yeah. Um, that you and your wife sit down and have this conversation. We, I, I mean, I'm going to sound like a dork right now, so let's go ahead and you know, let's get that out there. I am the dork in the family. Um, I mean, we do a monthly budget meeting, and it sounds kind of lame, and maybe it's not as exciting as it sounds, but we plan out the month ahead of time. You know what's going to be coming in. We, we're able to factor in what's going to be coming in, so we plan that out. It's one of those where if you don't, if you don't plan for it, it's going to be gone. That's, for me, a budget doesn't mean, doesn't mean restriction. It means freedom. It lets me know what can I spend my money on, what am I planning, planning yeah. to. And so that's... Same thing with your time. You think about you don't budget. Your, if I don't budget my time, I plan my time out. I'm going to spend way too much time scrolling on Twitter or playing Candy Crush than I should. It's one right. of those things where you plan ahead of time, so that way you know when you do spend it, when you do spend your time doing those, you know, Candy Crushing it, it's okay. It's it's, it's right. something that's all right because you planned out, plan to do it. Absolutely. Um, and I mean. Is this something your wife is super excited about too? Is she? I would love to say she's super excited. No, I mean, but, but she she also understands the benefit of it. Yeah, she's not excited about it, but I also, you know, I try to not drag it out too long. We're not going to sit there for three hours. It's a ten minute conversation. I know how to prep things ahead of time. Be like, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. I show it to her. She's like, you know, we move things around and throughout the month we kind of think about what's coming up the next month. So we, mm -hmm. we jot that down so we know. Okay, and we're going to have this. And is there like a something at home where it's like, hey, make sure we include this, or is there a text message or something? Yeah, she keeps track of it on her phone. I got a little notepad I write it down okay. on. So it just kind of comes comes out of that. And no two months are the same, so it's good to know. You right. talk about street fair. That's a good example. I know September, third week of September every year, right. street fair is happening, <laughs> so I can plan for that. Amen. Well, you know, I don't have to worry about it the other eleven months of the year. Same thing with Christmas. I know December is going to be an expensive month because of Christmas, so right. you can kind of. Right. Plan for it. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest principles I got from our time of putting together a budget is the importance, and, and I'd love for you to talk more into this, of naming every dollar. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that uh, you really, uh, you told me is, is one of the most important things you can do. And it, it, the same principle goes towards time, but mm -hmm. just talk a little bit more towards the whole principle of name every dollar. Yeah, I mean, it comes into having a plan so it happens on purpose. So, yeah, so we said, I, I I have an amazing spreadsheet. I'm not going to lie. I think it's pretty awesome. You know, again, I said I'm the dork in the family, so no question about that. But kind of sit down and figure out, you know, we know what's coming and we know what's going to be after taxes. So you come up with a plan for what, every, what we're going to use every dollar for. Because, again, if we don't plan for it, it's going to get spent on one more round of the mouse game kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, it's having that plan so that the money doesn't just disappear. But we also have a discretionary fund where we each get, you know, a certain amount of money in our pocket each month where we can do whatever. Mm -hmm. If I want to go to Taco Bell, great. I want to rent a movie at Redbox. Great, but even it's that is named. You yes, know. we have we have our we have we call it the pocket cash fund, where it's just the money's going in there. You can use it for whatever you want to. Want to blow it on the first day of the month? Great. Want to save it till the end of the month and do it then? That's great too. Okay, um, kind of a shift in a little bit. How do you how do you teach your kids these principles? Okay, so. My kids, I don't even give my kids an allowance. I'm, I don't, I don't give them a commission because you get paid for doing work. If you don't work, you don't get paid. So it's one of those things where if it doesn't happen, okay, you're not, you know, you know, the dog didn't get fed this week. I had to feed the dog. So you're losing a dollar kind of thing. The dog's going to get fed. The question is, is dad doing it or the kids doing right. it? And so it's one of those things, if it doesn't get done, then, you know, yeah, it's a commission trying to teach them that you don't just get money because, you know, it, it doesn't just fall out of the sky. So there's that, and then I teach them, you, you have to give first. And so I tell them, you know, you gotta give, you know, it's just a dollar, because that's an easy number, you know. It's, maybe it's a little more than 10%, but still it's easy, you know, to factor that through and think that through. 
dollar, you need to save a dollar, and then right. the rest of it, you can do, it's your choice what to do. So we teach them to give, to save, and then to spend. Yeah. And it's interesting how, as they've gotten older and they're starting to save for cars and for pets and all that's that. That's awesome. The amount that goes into save gets bigger and the amount that goes into spend gets smaller. That's great, yeah. that's great, that's awesome. Oh man. Um, what resources have been most helpful to you that you would recommend to the everyday person? Of, yep. You know, I don't know much about budgeting mm -hmm. or I, I know some about financing. Right. And I, what resources yeah. do you, do you yeah. think are great? Yeah, I mentioned that I have an amazing spreadsheet, but not everybody has to do that. Yeah. It, it just, I'm sure some people, as soon as I said that, their mind shut off like, ooh, I don't want to do that. But there's budgeting app or apps that are out there that make it really easy. One of the ones that actually what Taylor used when he and I met was called Every Dollar. It's a, it's a Ramsey product. It's very user-friendly. There's a free option as well as a paid option. We can link it to your bank. And that there, um, that one there, from what I've seen, is the, the best. It's the Cadillac. It's out there. It just helps you. It just goes through and asks you what are your, what are your um, expenses for the month, and you fill it in. And then you ask you know, all these different things and even suggest things. Hey, what about this and this and this? And you fill it in there. You tell them how much money you have coming in. It shows how much is planned to go out. I'll tell you if you have a if you you know if you have a surplus if you have extra money or if you have a deficit where you have too too little money so you got to spend it so it helps you to not get to the end of the month and not have enough cash left over. Yeah, yeah, that's one principle that I've I've been learning is it's <laughs> the the we need to strive to have more money at the end of our month than yeah. month at the end of our month. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and you, I mean, I know that you listen to a lot of um, big speakers in this world dork about about that's this true, kind yeah. of topic. Um, who are some who are some people who really speak well into this world? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we talk about Dave Ramsey and his his team now. Is he's it's neat how he's transitioning out and trying to bring in all these other speakers to still talk about that. And that there, it's he's showing that God's principles work, and that's that's one there that you know it's huge. I've, it's interesting. I've listened to some other speakers too that aren't um, that aren't Christians, mm -hmm. that aren't based on the Bible, and they're just focusing on amassing wealth. Mm -hmm. And what he does, what his team does, is the point is. We want to. We don't want to just amass wealth to the point of dying with you know millions of dollars on hand. We want to do it so we can turn around and bless other people. Mm -hmm. You look at the story of Abraham in the Bible. The first, well, one of the first covenants God made was with Abraham. And he said, "I'm going to bless you so that you can bless others." Yeah. He's not giving us money just so we can die with a fat, uh, fat bank account. He's giving us money so we can turn around and bless other people and do more stuff. Right. Our adoption is an example there. Where I mean, if I had no resources on hand, I wouldn't be able to do it. But right. by doing what God has trusted us with. Um, I am able to do it. I'm not saying that he can't provide, but again, you know, he's going to provide it, and we need to use it the way he is. He has called us to do it, not to just spend on something else. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's a an, an awesome principle um, that I've been learning is you know God can get money to you. That's mm -hmm. not the problem. The question is, can he get money through you? Yeah, yeah. And um, and that example that he wants to bless, he wants mm -hmm. to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. That's great. Um, I just want to wrap up the rest of this time just by um, just giving a plug to Youth for Christ. That's where Josh works. And um, if you're not familiar with Youth for Christ, um, I'll give you just a second to speak into it. But um, every year, Youth for Christ tells thousands of students that Jesus loves them. And, um, you know, there's no other organization who has that kind of access to young people. And statistically, young people are more likely to find Jesus than any other people group uh, out there. And so I just want to give you just a chance to, to just brag on YFC okay. a little bit because do they're that. doing amazing things and, and, and I can't speak well enough about YFC. Yeah, I can absolutely do that. Yeah, so the goal of YFC is to reach 11 and 19-year-olds throughout the world with the uh, gospel of Jesus. I mean, 
we're, we have our five counties here, Big Jaws, so Blackford, Grant, Jay Adams, and Wells. Those are the five counties we're in. And we have directors in every school, except for one right now, and we're looking to hire for that, but we can go in there and meet with the kids. But our directors are raising 100% of their compensation. They need help. And on top of that, our executive director's covering everything else on top of that. And one of the things we're doing now, I don't know if you heard about it or not, but we, we have an India partnership going on. So we are now sending $100,000 a year to Youth for Christ India. And what's interesting, we met them, we met the, the country director through our adoption yes. process. It's one of those things where God, I never would have guessed we'd be here, but again, through doing one simple thing, maybe not simple, one radical step yeah. for God, he then brings these other things along. And so, you know, that's one of those where, again, we're hunting $100,000 over there per year. We definitely, we need help with that too. YFC now has a corporate sponsorship going on, which you can get to on our website, but where people are able to sponsor anything from student stories to trip, uh, the trips that kids are going on to um, our website upgrade, where we're able, all these different ways that people can partner with us to meet kids with the gospel, it doesn't matter if the kids are here in our five counties, right. which is good, or halfway across the world, no, all the way across the world, right. in India. <laughs> I mean, kids are kids, they're all looking for a place to belong and a place to be loved. And the only place you can truly find that is the gospel, it's, it's in Jesus. Right. So it's right. really neat to and, be part of this. You know, just again, to keep keep bragging on YFC is um, Youth for Christ, The anyone who they hire, they're not looking for people who are gonna be good campus life directors, they're looking for leaders. They're yeah. looking for people who are going to change the world. Yeah. And um, I just wanna encourage you because, or in, and challenge you guys to, to give, um, financially give in prayer, give in every possible way you can because um, this organization makes a difference in hundreds, hundreds of kids every year make a decision to follow Jesus because of this organization. And thousands of kids um, there are seeds planted mm -hmm. and probably way more now that there's an India partnership yeah. and um, online online uh, media content and things like that. But um, Josh, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Um, I appreciate our friendship and um, I just thank you for all you've done for me and all you've done for directors and all you've done for people everywhere. So um, thank you for uh, watching this episode of The Thrive Show. We are so excited uh, for whatever we our next one but um i hope you i hope you gained some sort of nugget out of this one um i know there's a lot of things i'm going to be <laughs> re-watching and taking notes on um because i believe that um you know it's it's so easy to wander into debt and you can't wander out of it yeah. and this is something this is an area where satan wants to attack you uh, because he knows if he can get you in you're stuck and um god wants freedom and, and he wants he, he wants freedom for us. He wants freedom in every area of our life. And so um, I pray I just pray that you take this message to heart because this is one way you can experience freedom in Christ in a, in a whole new light. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Thrive Show. Our vision at the First Church of Christ is to build thriving homes and thriving spheres. And that can only happen with a thriving relationship with our God. Now, if you want a fun and interactive way to get your household thriving in all those areas, you're definitely going to want to check out this new game that we've created. It's called the Thrive Deck, and it's available now. To play the game, simply draw a card from the deck once a week and do whatever the challenge says. If the challenge doesn't apply to your household, do the option instead. And if the challenge isn't quite challenging enough, then you have a bonus option you could do as well. Each card has a designated challenge based on one of the three different categories. One focuses on your home, 
These challenges are designed to help you thrive in your household, whether you live alone or with a spouse or with children. Another category emphasizes your relationship with God by offering new ways to encourage growth in your personal spiritual life. The last category prioritizes your relationships within your personal spheres of influence. These cards might challenge you to step out of your comfort zone with friends, coworkers, or acquaintances and help you all thrive in your relationship with God. So are you up for the challenge? Visit the FCC Welcome Center to purchase yours and keep thriving in your homes and in your spheres.